Hello, I'm Laura Furiosi, divorced mother of three, and I'm here with my mother, Lynette Galvin, with 35 years' experience in family law. You're listening to the Divorce Course Podcast. Through our candid discussions, we hope to help you through your divorce or de facto separation. We will be answering the most commonly asked questions and covering the stages and steps that you will face on your way to freedom. Hello and welcome to our bonus Q&A session with mum. Hi, mum. <laughs> Hi, daughter. <laughs> Hello, everyone. Now, this is Lynette Galvin. Now, we answer some Q&A questions that we get sent through the week through the Divorce Course podcast at gmail.com and also through our Instagram, the Divorce Course, and our Facebook. So if you have any questions that you would like answered uh, by our expert, the amazing Lynn Galvin of 35 Years Experience, um, send them through to us and I will put them to mum and I'll keep her on her toes. So mum, <laughs> the first question that we'll be covering today, the explanation of day-to-day care in parenting and what does it mean? Okay, so we're, we're talking here about parental responsibility, um, mm. and and so if there's no orders of the court, um, each of you, each parent can do everything for the child. They can book them in for surgery. They can, I don't know, cha- apply to change their name. They can move them from school to school. Um, and in a you intact, wouldn't recommend that though. No, but in an intact relationship, um, mm. sometimes that has happened. That happens like. One person might be away working and the other parent is enrolling them in kindy or getting them into the dentist and things like that. So um, when you separate, of course, that really can't happen because there's not much trust. Uh, So then Mm. the court changes that relationship. Now, the day-to-day care of a child talks about when a child is just in your care. And mm. if they've they've made a provision, if the court's made an order or you've made a parenting plan, that you will have equal shared parental responsibility for the big things and sole parental responsibility with the day-to-day care, then day-to-day, if little Jimmy falls over and needs a Band-Aid, that's your issue. If if they're with you for the week and they get a cold and you take them to the doctor, you don't need to consult the other person about that. Um, getting their homework done, losing their flute, um, they're things that just happen in daily life in your ho- home. You don't have to consult about meals or anything like that. And so when the child's with the other parent, they have the smooth running of of their day and they, they work out if the child's going to go to school by bus or by car or whatever. Um, that's your day-to-day parental responsibility. It's really like an obligation. So mm. I think your next question probably is going to be about the but the um, overall parental um, responsibility. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. So normally that order would say, except for the day to day things, um, mm. each party uh, will have equal shared parental responsibility, and that you're both still got full power over, over the big things, but only if you operate jointly. Okay. Right. And you can't go doing things by yourself. And most so you can't book in surgery. Nope. Or or no. change a kid's name. Yep. Or if you're going to a specialist appointment, um, mm-hmm. or even moving the schools or moving out of town, those are things that mm-hmm. need to be discussed and decided on between you both, either through consultation or maybe by mediation. Um, and mm. only then, if you can't work it out, would someone pro- probably go to court over that. 
So that's I guess the, that's common that's sense. Difference. In, I guess it's like being in a business partnership um, for the day to day running of your business. Mm. You're not going to ring your business partner up and go, "Oh, um, I don't know, the forklift ran out of petrol. Shall I fill it up?" But yeah. you just would, right? That's right. Um, and but then if you were in a in a business relationship and you know you just you're you're going to change the premises and move or change the business name, then you probably need to consult that's, your business that's partner. That's a really that. I guess, interesting way yeah. of looking. What the court did was when they were explaining these rules to us when they changed in 2006 um, Mm. they saw it from the child's point of view and so Mm. you've got this child it needs to have its day-to-day it needs to have three meals a day or and two snacks it needs to have a bed and uh, have its you know clean its teeth so that's not sensible to be talking to the other person if that child's in your care at that day so that's that's how they thought about it and I must mm. say, because when you were little, you, you had that Tamagotchi. Remember those Tamagotchis? Oh, yes. You worried yeah. so much about them. And when the school <laughs> yeah. banned you from taking them to school, I had to look after it. <laughs> and, uh, and so, so I, I, I had the day-to-day care of that Tamagotchi. Oh, my Tamagotchi. <laughs> <laughs> and when you were home on the weekends, I left it to you. So it's a right, bit of a weird, right. yes, but I like your okay. business one sounds a little less yeah. strange. Well I guess well I guess if you think of it like, hmm, would 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 my business partner freak out if I moved locations? Yes. And 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 a lot of co-parenting has been described through pop courses as now a business relationship in the way that you communicate, yes. you communicate in a business way. If you're you basically your children are a joint business. That's pretty much how I look well, at it. You I know. think that's probably better than the Tamagotchi analogy. Yes. So yeah. I'll adopt yeah. that from here on. Because but... Tamagotchis just poop and eat. So I think well, the, the tell children me why are a that's little bit more to some children. Okay. All right. Moving on. So that's day to day. So don't feel like you need to be calling your ex partner or co parent every five minutes to check what brand of band aid to use or, you know, whether or not they should go to a school dance. Now, next question, mother is a really interesting one and it is social it's about social media and I know you're actually pretty across Facebook um, (laughs) and Insta. So social media can it be used in court? Can it be used against me in court? Or can I use it against my ex in court? Yes, yes, and yes. <laughs> oh, dear. Okay. Uh, I think that we should all remember every text message we ever send, every Facebook post, Insta post, um, may well find its way attached to an affidavit in mm. court and you might find yourself being quizzed about it in the witness box by some barrister. Um, so be right. very careful um, what you say. But it's gold if it's the other mm. party. Uh, we find we have a lot fewer factual arguments. If, if, if say, he says, she said, um, you're a moron and you're a sp- sperm donor. I did have that once someone said. Oh, um, gosh. And she says, no, I didn't. And then he says, well, here's the text. Yeah. <laughs> or, you that's, know, that's here's good. the Facebook yep. post. Yep. It just saves a lot of argument. Um, I think it's been very helpful in exposing the truth in a lot of things. Say you've got everything on private and there is no way that your ex could see your social media. Can they still, like if they had some spy or flying monkey who who screenshotted it and sent to them, can they still use it then? 
Yes, look, the court is supposed to, uh, it may be that that's been illegally obtained, it may be, Mm. Uh, and Mm. the court is supposed to look a little bit harder at evidence that's been illegally obtained. However, Mm. the overall principle in the court when it's children's matters is that the welfare of the children is paramount and so almost always the court will let that information in as part of an exploration for the truth to, you know, see which of the competing scenarios you've got in mind for the child is accurate, you know. Um, They don't look in a criminal trial, they might not let that in. But in children's matters, the court says, look, it's not that we're giving you a free pass to use that, it's just that it's information, we should have that in our heads so we can make the right decision for a child. Property settlement, not so much. Be careful about that. If, if it's a public profile thing, that's fine. But if you've mm. had to go through some shenanigans or create a false person to get uh, into these things. Basically um, become a stalker. I don't yeah, think that's yeah. Then yeah. Um, if it's only for property, the court probably won't let that in. I think so, uh, I can't emphasise enough how careful we have to be on mm. on Facebook, Insta, um, anything in writing mm. um, because mm. it it can and will be used. Right. If if you are then the other way around, is there something that you should be on the lookout for on social media that could be helpful if you're struggling to prove that they have, I don't know, millions of dollars or... Oh, yes, that, absolutely. That, Yeah. If if they're madly posting pictures of themselves on a holiday in in somewhere, pre COVID, post COVID, (laughs) and they say they haven't got any money, you can use that. Um, Right. You know that's that's different. And and just generally, um, a Google search of what they're up to that's not stalking. It's in the public domain. Uh, I had a matter years ago once where the fellow said that the business had closed down. And Google popped up a photo of him overseas with some other uh, people uh, congratulating yeah. themselves on signing a uh, $150 million deal. So, <laughs> okay. Oh, business is very closed down. Yes, you can be pretty sure that found its yeah. way into an affidavit. So, okay. And their LinkedIn right. profiles will tell, tell you often if they're mm. working. Um, we're very yeah. exposed a lot these days. So, mm. yeah. Don't so say it's anything important then that you don't yeah, want. Yeah, don't <laughs> try and, and 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 I think we say that in our um, DIY blueprint uh, for divorce. Try and keep all of that off socials and and find some friends, have a big debrief once a week, and get it all out of your system. Yeah. Um, and 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 leave leave that drama behind because you wouldn't want that popping up in your memories like a year later on Facebook going. Remember when you said this? What do you <laughs> remember? Like, well, imagine Laura if the Tamagotchis. Um, if I'd posted about Tamagotchis, if Facebook had existed, they'd be popping up here. I mean, a lot of young people um, are going to see their parents fighting online in the future. Mm, so apart from so don't true. put anything that you don't want the court to hear, don't put anything that you don't that you don't want your children to see going mm. forward. Um, because mm. you know that's it's permanent, really, isn't it? Mm. Top tip, though, if you don't want to see memories of your past ex or anybody in that fact, you can actually, there's a setting in Facebook (laughs) where you can say, I no longer want to see memories or photos of this person and Facebook will hide them for you and they won't pop up. 
I didn't know that. Just in case you're going through a tricky divorce and you're really annoyed at seeing your ex-partner pop up every five seconds on your memories. Yeah. Yeah. I see. So so don't post anything on socials. Thanks, Mum, for that. Last question and an easy one uh, is from someone who's messaged in and said, um, I am separated and I would like to remarry. When can I do that? You can do that one year and one day after your divorce becomes final. Right. And if you are de facto? Well, you can marry any time. Really? You don't have to wait at all? No, you You don't have to wait. Oh, that's true because you haven't been married. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) Well, someone had to ask the question. Can you be deemed as a de facto immediately after leaving another de facto relationship? Yes, you can even be a de facto at the... Um, some people have two de facto, uh, have a de facto partner and a wife or two de facto partners. What? You're not allowed to do that. Yes. Well, the, the definition of in the law for property settlement and spousal maintenance talks about whether a um, you can be married and have a de facto on the side or two de factos. If you have two marriages, that's bigamy. <laughs> but, but you're allowed two de factos. Well, who's going to stop anybody? There's no regulation Jeez. over de facto relationships. Wow. Except okay, when that's... it comes to court, then, then they'll be after they'll you. be in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> Not How recommended. I'm sure none of our people defenders. would be no. that dishonest. Okay, I'm sure the person who wrote that question was not that, that does not have that. But okay, thank you, Mum. They were great um, responses, keeping uh, you on your toes. Thank you, everybody questions. who wrote in for the questions. If you'd like to write in, go to the, uh, email us at the divorce course podcast at gmail.com or find us on Facebook, the divorce course podcast, or find us on Instagram, the divorce course, oh, and we perfect. will be happy to answer them. Yes. Thanks, guys, and we will talk to you next week. Bye. Bye, Bye Laura. If you found this podcast helpful, we'd love it if you could rate, review and subscribe. By doing so, you are spreading the word to help someone else just like you. Lynn would like to remind you that this podcast is general advice only and you should always get legal advice in relation to your particular situation. And remember that the Australian laws may have changed since recording.